0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Savage with Silas. This is part two of the Q&A that was live on Instagram with Independence Fitness, otherwise known as Andrew Bucco. Last week, we had part one where we talked about anime, families coming from difficult situations, as well as lots of other topics. Today, we'll talk about boxing, plyometric training, dealing with philosophical crap on the internet, and within ourselves as well as lots of other different topics if you are interested in more of what andrew has to say his instagram is in the description down below if you like this channel please like and subscribe i'll be taking a little bit of a break from the podcast at the end of may to give myself some time to work on some projects but we'll be back full bore in july or august just depending on the corona situation thanks so much for coming as always i'll see you next time well, so now you have a lot more of a of a like specific workout routine. You know, something that I've seen you working a lot on are like plyometrics and these more endurance based and and explosive, you know, training techniques that can help you when you're in the ring and just in life in general. And you know, how did you go from from one punch man? To like very specific, very dedicated workout routines that are that are for your your boxing development, like where did that knowledge come from?
1: Just uh delving in YouTube fitness uh, like I said, I lost my job that one year. It was a really tough year. I took like six months off and it really affected my my situation in life, but to some degree, I really hammered home fitness knowledge. I watched some of the best, I learned from some of the best too. I spent some of my money. I went to like, you know, the local gyms. I learned from physiotherapists, personal trainers. So it's not like I don't know what I'm doing. And, mm. but th- to some degree, like I'm still learning it myself. That's why I want to market fitness too. Cause if I market something that I'm still learning to do, like why, no one should pay me for that. That's bloody ridiculous in my opinion. And uh, to follow up on my story post yesterday, if people are wondering about that, uh, Yeah, really, hammer home your knowledge, hammer home your ethics, and just hammer home that understanding of fitness more than you think. Like, even when you think you know it, you don't know it, you know? Like, keep looking into it more, keep looking into it more. You might even have confirmation bias. Like, that's a whole other, you know, ladder to climb, so it's like you know if you want to look into something positive in fitness you could look into it and uh only look at the positive studies and completely disregard the negative ones that's what confirmation bias bias is sorry
0: yeah oh no it's okay like yeah that's one thing that i really liked about um like so i'm studying forever and ever with nasa i just really like their presentation of materials Because in university before I studied art, I think you and I both have really weird winding histories, which maybe is part of the reason that we get along so well. But in university, long before I studied art, I studied astronomy and science. And it's such a hard science. There's really no room for, like, error when you're talking about, you know, really large quantities of space. <laughs> so we got into the hard, you know, the hard knocks of science and for me that has permanently shaped how I perceive and do research. So looking at, you know, PubMed and National Medicine and all of these different resources, it's easy to actually use any of that information to be like, yeah, I'm right. I'm right. Caffeine's okay. You can just drink as much of it as you want. But there's also a thousand other studies that have been done that are like caffeine's fine, in moderation. Right? So I can find something to support what I want to think, and knowing the knowing actually how those tests were implemented, how they're actually applied to somebody's life, that's totally different.
1: I and, find caffeine um, to be just fine. Uh, caffeine to me, it's I've been drinking caffeine since I was in, like, grade two, to be quite honest. I don't really think it affects you, but yeah. obviously avoid it before you go to sleep, and you'll be just fine, in my opinion. If you have it, like, in that span of 8 a.m. to at least, like, 4 p.m. or 3 p.m., you know, don't push it too late, but uh, caffeine is just fine, in my opinion, so. Mm.
0: Same, yes. I have seen some some interesting things recently, Um, about a lot of supplements. And I think there's a lot of misinformation about supplements. There's a lot of uh, misinformation about workout routines and workout rhythms. And and so I really, you know, I really like what you said, because I feel like every day, something that we once thought was right, or something that, you know, everybody really, really supported and purported, then kind of gets argued against where they find evidence against it for a long time they thought creatine had a negative effect on your bones and a negative effect on bone mass but it's been hair loss too they thought
1: they thought it made you lose your hair too it's like all right okay
0: yeah for so long they thought that and then somebody came out and was like i don't think that's true here's a report somebody else goes "Mm, i don't think that's true here's a report and then you know here we are like five six eight years later, and nobody thinks this anymore, it's, it has become not, it's not supported, that it causes hair loss or bone malfunction. And all the time, you know, science is getting updated. And I think, yes, medical, medical fields have a lot of knowledge, and they have a lot of research, but the human body is incredibly complicated. And there's just a lot of stuff that we don't know. And so, having this this like open mind to being like, mm, maybe I'm wrong. Like, maybe I can, you know, find a different approach to this and keep researching. I think that's the best habit I think an athlete or a coach could have. You know, is, is keeping yeah, always
1: look, always look for new information, but always, uh, yeah, look for new information and keep an open mind. I guess, yeah, completely.
0: Most definitely, yeah. I can definitely tell you spent a lot of time on your research, which I appreciate.
1: <laughs> Thanks.
0: Yeah. Do you have a, do you have like a, a, a f- like, I don't know. I I don't really like the word favorite, but do you have a preferred method of, of training? Like what's your, when you like, what's your day that you go into it and you're like, yes, it, I get to do this today.
1: It's probably my uh, push routine to be quite honest. Cause I like work on my bench press. Uh, Everything else is just fine, but in my opinion, my bench press is pretty darn, like, you know, it has some room to prove, you know what I mean? So uh, when I go into, like, push day to some degree, I like looking at the exercises that I'm doing the worst uh, as an opportunity to do my best, you know what I mean? Like, if you're doing bad on the bench press, then look at it as the opportunity to improve in the bench press, or look at it as the opportunity to improve in the squat or the deadlift, or whatever major compound lift that you're your ego isn't you know satisfied with <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter about the weights too that's the thing it's like you could be sitting there having fun at your body weight you know bench pressing your body weight it, doesn't, it does not look impressive but enjoy it you know like the strength standards for men label you is just fine for women you know if you're benching your body weight that is just fine you know you're doing perfect at that point it's you know i don't know why people like touting ridiculous weights Is you know strength or you know knowledge too it's like if somebody squats 500 pounds why does that signify that they have a good fitness knowledge or rhetoric or even ethic or what have you it's ridiculous you know why i don't know why heavy weights are equated with uh how do you say it, fitness you, like you know to some degree it should be you know you should be respected for the weights you lift i don't you know no disrespect to the weights you lift but to some degree you know Uh, I don't know. It just makes me bite my nails and whatever to some degree.
0: (laughs) I can understand that because like, I, I don't think I'm a weak person. I'm definitely not the strongest one, you know, and part of that previous injury, part of that is being, you know, an estrogen body. Like, so there, there are lots of things that that influence the amount of weight that we can lift. But I I heard a quote and now I don't even remember where I heard it, but it said, um, doing does not a coach make, which I don't think is grammatically correct, but but still totally makes sense to me. Like, just because I can do something doesn't mean I can properly coach it. And even though I can't, I, I just have permanent problems in my adductors and my legs. Like, it's just, it's a long story, but um, I'm forever working on those and probably will be until I die. So my squat isn't isn't as yeah. heavy as people would probably imagine that it is, but I spend a lot of time on form, right? And I would imagine that a lot of coaches spend a lot of time on form. And I don't think that just the quantity of weight is this way to understand necessarily somebody's ability to coach or their knowledge level. Right? My deadlift is, not, is, my, is my strongest lift I'm not great at coaching it. Like I will openly admit, that's not something I am great at coaching. I'm still working on that. Squats, I can coach them, but my squats not as my squats not as strong as the deadlift. So it's kind of, I don't think they are definitely not correlated in my mind. Just because I can lift something heavy doesn't mean that I can necessarily show or guide other people how to do it. And just because I can't lift something heavy doesn't mean that I'm not able to actually help other people get there get their lifts heavier because everybody has different body functions different um dis- what am i trying to say dysfunctions or or movement patterns no well, yeah
1: <laughs> and there's no such thing as perfect too that's a problem uh, some coaches will teach you like form 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 but at the same time like if you look at the major heavy lifters or the people who lift the heavy weights they don't have the best form so it's like if you want to focus on form and like technique and it's perfectly fine, but if you want to go for the heavy weights, obviously your form's going to break down. I mean, look at Athlean X when he tried to do 400, 500-pound deadlift. Like, his form broke down, and that guy preaches form 24-7. It's, it's completely natural. Like, I'm not throwing him under the bus. It's completely natural. You're lifting a heavy weight, your body's going to compromise, and you're, you know, you're going to turn into the pretzel, like the, the earlier <laughs> <early> reference. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's really true. like it's so true. you know it's funny because like we we try so hard to watch form. At least most most people that I know personally try really hard. I'm that guy I'm, who's guilty of like looking in the mirror all the time just to make sure that I'm not I'm not the I'm not the yeah I mean
1: reference. strive for it that's I don't want to <laughs> like degrade form but like strive for perfection but realize that you know you're never gonna hit perfection but strive for it by all means like sorry to cut you off there
0: no you're all good because that's yeah that's exactly what I wanted to say but I don't have the I didn't have the words It's like even even though my my form is really, really important, particularly with like back injuries. I've noticed from filming my deadlifts a million times that sometimes at the base of my spine, there is a little bit of movement, but it's never, ever, ever caused me pain, even with a PR. And some of these guys, you
1: know, like
0: Oh my gosh, what was his name? Ronnie, the the yeah
1: buddy guy. Why can't I think of his name? Oh my god. Oh, let me <laughs> talk about Ronnie. I love Ronnie Coleman, but at the same time, like, he scares me. Like, you know, he's... I don't want to say Ronnie Coleman is the reason, but he might be part of the reason why, you know, you see all these kids going under heavy weights, and you see them just struggling, and it's like, like, you know, like, I just wish that they just just go lighter, like go lighter, get the form down and then go heavy. You know, even if, but you know, like we are just talking about realize that, you know, form might compromise when you get to certain heavy weights and it's, it's a whole, like, you know, you have to look at it in that spectrum. Sorry. No,
0: well, it's all good. That's, it's all good. Cause it's true. Like there's so much room for learning form. There's also room for breaking it. It's kind of like I yeah. tell my students all the time when it comes to writing because they'll say, oh, I saw this in a book. Why can't I start a sentence with because? Like, (laughs) because it's really difficult to start a sentence unless you have all of the things in place. And they're like, (laughs) wait a second, like it gets really meta. You know, and so I tell my students all the time, even with English, it's like, yes, you can break the rule, but know the rule first. So that when we do break the rule, we understand what risks and consequences can come out of that. And also knowing, yes, I know the form, this is what works for my body, right? This is what works for my personal wellness because some people have different mobility ranges. Some The full range of motion doesn't look exactly the same on every person. Yeah. And so having having the ability to, yes, break the rule, but know the rule first, right? Like understand what is being broken before we actually get into like, <laughs> snapping my spine in two. <laughs> Gosh, hopefully never. I really just, like, oh, if there was one thing I could avoid, it would be a snapped spine. Goodness. Yeah, no,
1: seriously, once your spine's gone, then it's, like, that's game over, sorry, but once your spine, or even your shoulder, any of these, like, vital joints, your knees, like, you name it, like, you tear an ACL, it's gonna be hard to come back from that. You, even break a leg, like I broke my, uh, sorry, I didn't break it, but I fractured my tibia back in the day. Mm. And that's why my right leg is kind of weirder. Like, you know, when I squat, you know, I kind of tilt a bit more to my right because my left is stronger still. And it's, mm. it's due to that, that fracture and due to like wearing that cast still. And it's, that's why I work on dorsiflexion and balance and all these weird drills because like, you know, my right leg is still a little bit, just a little bit gimpy, I don't know if i did been heal it right or if I' have to get surgery, but you know it's I can feel it you know it's just it feels a little bit weird, you know what I
0: mean, yeah, like the injury forever changes changes the body and i I honestly think yeah, at this point was, from yeah. coach for for a bit now, I really think everybody has had at least an injury because we all went through childhood and children are a little accident prone in my experience. <laughs> but yeah, like I, cause I had this accident. So twice I actually hurt my tailbone. Um, one time it was a trampoline. Those things are so dangerous. I didn't, as a kid, I was like, yeah, mom, I'm going to do what I want. But as an adult, like, <laughs> oh, man, I really should not have gone on the trampoline. And then another time somebody in my class just like grabbed my stool. And so I went from a standing position, thought I was going to sit on a tall stool and ended up falling on the ground and it hurt the end of my coccyx, so the tailbone and sacrum. sacrum. Oh yeah,
1: wow, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh Lord, that was so painful. And to this day, like my spine just isn't the same. I actually have an extra extra vertebrae in my lumbar region because it just, it never sealed. That last joint just never sealed. And it's forever a pain in my ass, like quite literally. (laughs)
1: No, I totally agree with you on that one. I had a you couple you times where I slammed, like, like in fights, you get slammed on your tailbone too. and It was, it was definitely not as bad as you said, because you landed on hard floor, I suggest, right? Like, when someone yanked that stool out, you landed on a hard floor, so that's not like a gym mat or a, a wrestling mat or even like a a ring or whatever, so. Yeah, straight
0: up concrete.
1: Straight. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's going to do it. That's going to do. And to go on another rant, too, like, to the kids out there listening, if you're going to fight and you're going to do, like, you know, back school fighting or, you know, whatever, street fighting, go on the bloody grass. Why are you fighting on the pavement? Like, I see all these videos of street fights and stuff like that. Kids are fighting on the concrete. Pop, you know, someone gets knocked out. they They hit their bloody head on the concrete. It's like you're 18 years old, 16 years old, or X years old, and it's like, why? Go on the grass, at least if you fall down and you bump your head. No, there's a chance of you getting up after it, or you know, go on a softer surface. It's ridiculous. Go to the boxing gym or something and end it there. You know, don't even fight at all. You know, try to end your differences in bloody dialogue or talk. You know, you know. Sorry, <laughs> rant for you. <laughs> it's really true
0: because I actually never thought about that. I was really not violent prone as a child, so I, I've never no. fought one even now. Literally... I always had to see that
1: and it, it it bloody frustrated me even as a kid watching it. It's like guys <laughs> you're fighting on the pavement, go over, but you know, they don't care, they're already in it, you know, bloods rush their head, the Germans pump in, you know, they only see each other, tunnel vision and uh Yeah, they end up getting knocked out on concrete and it's like you did this to yourself, dude, you know, like I told you you're to on the grass, I was you know, yelling go on the grass, but whatever.
0: <laughs> right take care of your noggin
1: <laughs> yeah exactly take care of your brain take care of your spine take care of those like yeah <laughs> take care of yourself <laughs> <laughs> for
0: real. well that's when i i remember learning i don't even remember when now but i remember when i learned that every cell in your body can replicate and become new except for nerve fibers when I learned that, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I really have to take care of my brain. And I really have to take care of my spine. Like, not only is the spine just, like, a weak pretzely hoe, she also, like, can't be replicated. And so it's, like, week on week on week. Right? So I have to do, we have to do, like, everything in our power just to protect it from getting smashed. And, you know, the same goes for our brain. Yes, the skull is fairly thick, but only really right here the sides are quite weak. If you smash that into the ground, it's game over, man. And that's just... And not the fun kind of, like, Mario game over. That's, like, game over, game over.
1: No more Red That's Hots the scary video. thing about even boxing, though, too. You think you're safe. You think you're wearing those, like, heavy pads. You know, your your fists are padded up, but to some degree, like, Joe Rogan and those uh, commentators are talking about you know, bare-knuckle, bare-knuckle fighting is, like, the safest option you have. Uh, fighting with these giant patting things on your fists and punching each other your brain like even in your you get a little jab in your brain and you know your brain's knocked Mm -hmm. around like your brain's hitting the back of your skull and going forward each time you get a punch right like or even if you get a head kicker like a Ben Ben Askren you know if you're Jorge Masvidal jumping up and knee and Ben Askren in the head like imagine poor Ben Askren's like brain like oh my god like you know what I mean like not to be that guy but that thing must have rattled around and you definitely got a concussion from that, so. <laughs> <laughs> right. I've like, never
0: thought about that,
1: yeah. Yeah, you have, you have to like look I've into it, like, it's it scary, away? yeah. Yeah, CTE, like, that's, uh mm. when I was in psychology and I learned about CTE, that's really what pulled me off in fighting, like, that's why I kind of had my off period in fighting, right? Like, I went to college, I learned about all this stuff, I was like, oh, you know, fighting, oh my god. But in the long run, like, we're all going to, we're all going to, like, pass away at some point. Like, why not enjoy what you're going to do? If you love fighting, then be a fighter. If you love lifting weights, be a heavy weightlifter. If you love, you know, if you love painting, do painting. You know, I'm sorry. But, you know, if you love doing what you do, do what you love doing and just enjoy it, you know? Like, but to some degree, look at the consequences, look at the outcome, and also try to, like, come to terms with it, too. You know, this could happen, but it might not. You know what I mean? It's you could get CTE and you could be that guy like, you know, who passed away at an early age, you know, God bless, hopefully you don't, but you know, sorry, not to go on a spree there, but do what you love, just, you
0: know. It's worth the risk sometimes, I think, you know.
1: Yeah, if you make great money, like look at Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather, sorry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) True, or like Ron, you know, like he said. I mean, granted, Ronnie Coleman, he scares me. That is a man who absolutely loves what he does, right? Or like Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, we all think of him as like the the Governator and the Terminator. But when it comes down to it, like that guy loves lifting weights. He still trains every single day. Ronnie Coleman has ninety-seven back surgeries, and he yeah, still goes to the gym. He just loves it.
1: You know, yeah, if you,
0: if you do what you love. You know there's some amount of risk that comes with it and you know like being a police officer we have to be trained for for an emergency situation in the military we have to be trained for emergencies it's totally the same when it comes to working out you know one thing that i always tell my clients is if you lift heavy have an out if you're trying to go for a pr if you need somebody there or if you don't have somebody there know what your out is don't just get crumpled under this weight you know i watch these videos of people like lifting these really heavy benches at home alone and getting smashed underneath the weight and they're just like ah
1: and that happened total. to me once or twice i'm not gonna lie i pushed for pr once or twice and i got you know i felt silly so you know that's what i mean i love working on my bench press too and it's you know i'm locking my bench press obviously and uh yeah, not to
0: cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not here to judge. We all do what we do, you know. Like, we we all take our risks. Which, knowing yeah. our consequences, just knowing what the outcome could potentially be. You
1: know, yeah, exactly. Better. Exactly. I got to buy those <laughs> safety things. Like, when you uh, squat or do you say, like, uh, what do you call it? The uh, racks or whatever, right? Yeah, I guess yeah. you call them racks. Like, <laughs>
0: so. I, think it, I think you're right. I've never thought about that, yeah.
1: Safety racks, I guess. I think they're called safety racks, like adjustable safety racks or something like that. And you, you put them off the side you when you squat, so that way you don't, like, crumple yourself or even when you bench press, so that way you don't, like, have that awkward situation. You can kind of scoot under and, you know, right. get out.
0: Yeah. For squats, for deadlifts, there's there's definitely stuff that could be done, right? So just knowing knowing that stuff, just a quick YouTube search. Find, a, find that athleen guy. He'll show you. <laughs> he knows all the tricks.
1: No, not even. Don't even watch athlean at this point. He's turned into such a brand. Like, not another rant here coming at you live, but <laughs> don't don't follow athlean Sorry, don't follow Greg Doucette. Follow these small and up-and-coming fitness uh, fitness people. What do you call it? Mm-hmm. Alpha Destiny, Joffrey Verdi, Schofield, or even Scott Herman to some degree? Like Scott Herman still produces good stuff. Same with Joffrey. Same with or same with Alpha Destiny. Same with uh, you name it. You name it. Any of my bloody followers. Anybody who I'm following, you guys produce great fitness content. That's why I'm following you. So much love to you. Thank you. That's why I'm following you. Seriously. If I, you know.
0: it's true, I love my community.
1: But...
0: No, that's actually really good to hear. Because sometimes, you know, I go to the, the brand name thinking like, oh, I'll get the, the direct answer. But no, wow. it is a really good point that it's paid yeah. off. There's um there's a a guy I'm not sure if you're familiar he's probably my favorite person in the fitness industry cuz he comes at it from like multiple angles and his name's Kelly Stuttgart I think is how you say it and he runs a company called The Ready State he wrote this book called How to Be a supple Leopard which is probably the like silliest name ever but coolest book and he talks about like range of mobility proper tactics for fixing like tight hips Tight shoulder, shoulder blades, standing issues—like just whole comprehensive body stuff—and his his approach to physical fitness, to mobility, like really revolutionized my ability to lift weight. Um, so if there's one if there's one person that I would suggest for people to go watch, it's just like pulling up some Ready State videos on YouTube. They're five to ten minutes long, and they'll talk about. You know, one video is about rotational movement, and another move another is about hips. But um, if if anybody has if anybody out there has the money to invest in like one book, what's called "Becoming a Supple Leopard," like totally changed my life. Um, have you ever read any of his stuff, or have you ever seen him around? I don't think he's super popular these days.
1: No, I've uh, I've been just reading more philosophy right now. I'm reading Plato. I got the uh, Jordan P. Peterson book that I've recently bought. That's been sitting on my shelf collecting dust. I'm gonna read that too. Uh, I got Dostoevsky stuff to read. Like uh, when it comes to reading books, I absolutely love reading books. Like if you don't know it about me, I grew up like I grew up riding a school bus. Like it took me an hour to get to school, and uh, you know, back in the day, all you had was like a cassette player and a, a book. Like you know, you didn't have a Game Boy, you didn't have an iPod, you didn't have a a cell phone to go on Instagram or TikTok or whatever. You had a book and you had a Walkman, if you're lucky. You know, I love my Walkman. You know, with all songs on it with a CD player, oh, my God. You know, that got me through my bus ride, no problem. You know, system of a down, sitting there reading books. Like, I just, you know, it was awesome. I loved it. <laughs> you know, the 40 minutes or so. Ah, sorry, muscle spasm, But, you know, the missile, <laughs> uh, 40 minutes or so in the bus ride were, uh, you know fantastic you know it's the lightning. you got to read books listen to music you love and just get away from everything you know have a quiet time
0: <laughs> like i i had one cassette when i was a kid oh, man i haven't thought about this in forever thank you for bringing this up i i had one cassette it was the beach boys
1: <laughs> oh the beach boys eh
0: <laughs> oh my gosh i used to know every word to like yeah I don't know if I know them now. That was literally 25 years ago. God, I'm old. But yeah, that was like literally 20 years ago. That's crazy. But it's I, I remember I have this like wistful nostalgia for my youth because that's when we had l- more connection. You're just
1: more free, yeah. You don't have these perceptions of right and wrong. You're just living your life to your fullest. Like, that's why I go and say, you know, do what you love. Just to some... I'm not saying live in Neverland or whatever, but you know, have that sense of responsibility. You know, work a second job, do whatever, do what you need to do, but do what you love. You know, do I, I, you know. Love I don't know. I don't know if we even love love have enough time to go into the philosophy of it. You know, it's just a it's a grand concept that I <laughs> I got going on here.
0: <laughs> well, I'm always down for some philosophy. It's actually a holiday here, so my 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 day is open. <laughs> I I don't know like what is your favorite um what's it, what's like the book I shouldn't say favorite what's your most appreciated or influential philosophy that you have read that really changed your mind because I have a couple
1: <laughs> quite honest it's probably either Twelve Rules for Life or the Meditations by uh, Marcus Aurelius so twelve for, or Twelve Rules for Life by you know mm-hmm. Jordan Peterson or the uh, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Both were fantastic books. They, uh... They're not only enlightening, but how do you say it? They make you look at the broader picture of things. You know, you don't... Yeah, you just look at it in the broader perspective. I don't even you know how to describe it. They're fantastic art, authors. You know, I'm i am not necessarily the best uh, in articulation or what have you, but they help the dummy like me see the world so positively. So, you know, how... You know, how bad can they be? Like, you know, I'm not hanging, you know, anything crazy on my walls. I'm not, you know, as the media prescribes, uh, this, that, or the other. I I love everybody, you know, any skin color, you know, any gender, race, whatever, you know. Anything under the tree, awesome. Come on over. Give me a bloody hug, you know. <laughs> Let's get through this together, you know. I'm, we're all in this together. That's what I'm trying to get at, you know. Sorry. Yeah. It's,
0: it's We're all... You know, I hate to make a Tarzan reference, but I really, really liked the Tarzan. It it makes me think of this really touching scene, which is funny because it's a cartoon, but there's this really sweet moment where Tarzan and his family, who are obviously not humans, are like, yes, we don't look the same, but we have these same experiences, and even as a kid like we can understand that right we can understand this idea of like the the goblins are his family and it's like really cheesy <laughs> but it's it's this idea that yes we all come from this like same cloth right we all come from the same raw experience we're all human, we're all human.
1: yeah we're all human we, are sh- we all share the same characteristics we all share the same emotions the same uh successes failures mm-hmm. like Mm-hmm. To judge someone different, like complete, like to look at someone like as a uh, complete different just because they're political or even this side or the other, like no, they're just led the wrong way or mm-hmm. taught the wrong things. Like you know, we're all human; we all make those mistakes too. Like you said, like even when it comes to political philosophy or mm-hmm. judgment or like you know, I don't want to get too deep into that because I don't want to ruffle feathers. But you know, that's that's its own thing there.
0: It's true. As I. I don't know. Philosophy really, really changed my perspective on things. There's a guy that you might have read um, and if not would recommend, I can't remember his first name actually, but his last name was Sasour and he wrote about basically how nothing means anything and that language is just a convenient point of reference, but he does it in a really arti- like well articulated way that I can't necessarily condense into 30 seconds, but he is, His writings completely blew my mind. They changed my perspective on everything, you know, from astronomy to fitness to how I even coach people, because understanding, you know, the fact that yes, we all have the same experiences, but we respond to things differently. And my intention might not be read by the other person the way that I think that it will be interpreted by them. So understanding how our relationships with each other are influenced by the words that we choose, and and that at the end of the day, no matter what I try to do, my the best intentions pave the road to hell, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> um, I get and you know, I don't know. It's just,
1: also like, applicable with fitness too. Like you. Like, you know, if uh, in fitness, you know, you lift the heavy weights, per se, and you want your best intentions, right? Like, I can lift the heavy weights, I'm going to teach people how to squat, and... Yeah, sorry, sorry to cut you off there. Trying to make this, like, as fitness-relevant as possible, too, so... <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, yeah. No, like, it's it's really true. Like, having yeah. this interaction with, with other people, you know, what do we do? We just try to encourage them as much as we can, give them the tools to... To, to squat or bench or deadlift or whatever it is you know that they're trying to achieve and if we try our best eventually we're gonna get there maybe not the first try <laughs> definitely yeah, not the so first cool. try for me on anything but
1: you know. no if you keep trying though keep trying and keep hammering home the how do you say it the, no just the- keep working on it like i don't even know how to describe it just keep working on it like you know sorry
0: (laughs) that's true it's true you're all good there's no pressure i'm free flowing i mean although although it's technically a fitness science show i think the things that i'm you know over time i'm getting more interested in in the people that are behind this content right the people that are are producing stuff because you know i can scroll through instagram and i see a thousand back and try or back in biceps and i see a thousand leg days and all these things and there's nothing wrong with this you know i but what i'm curious about is this story like this thing that's behind the the content that's actually being created because why why are we doing back and buys you know what has really motivated a person to want to go into their fitness journey and i think that's for me, that's the area that's really interesting because Instagram is both amazing that we can make friends, but it can also be really isolating because it's just like endless pictures of, you know, familiar content. Yeah,
1: self-judgment. Yeah, that too. Yeah, self-judgment, mm-hmm. familiar content. and uh... Yeah, it's true. So it's, it's so just nice to connect right right with other
0: people. Yeah, it's like, it's nice to have... You know, moments where we get to actually see what's behind uh, hey, everyone. behind the person. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, a lot of people popped in. Yes, let me wave at some folks. But that's, that for me is, is the really interesting part. It's like, yeah, we can talk about fitness. I can nerd out on fitness science all day. There's, there's something really beautiful to be said about the experiences that have led us to wanting to be fit. You know, this story about your family having to to flee, that really changes a person's entire life, even though it happened, you know, before you existed, like, that's had a permanent effect, you know, And, and what has happened in my family did for me as well. There's, there are humans behind all of these posts, and I think these connections are are really nice for me to make. And this, this has been a nice one. I like laughing about, about I'm going to remember pretzel back until I die, probably like this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is
1: awesome. (laughs) I love this.
0: (laughs) Me too. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, I'm gonna bounce off here. We're gonna try frying a salmon. I've never done it before. So we'll see how that goes. But this has been really, really entertaining and super fun for me. I hope you had a good time too.
1: You too, Silas. <laughs> <laughs> it's been awesome, honestly. Everybody uh, watching too, thank you for supporting Silas. Thank you for supporting me. Shout uh, out to Riptone. You know, I don't want to do like the commercial sponsorship here, but you know, thank you everybody for supporting us. And uh, hand it over to you, Silas.
0: Sure, yeah. If you guys are not already following Andrew, definitely follow him for, like, really legitimately dope, brutally honest, amazing content. So if you're not already following him, drop him a follow. Um, If you're not following me, that's totally okay. I get it. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, I hope you guys all have a really good day. Thank you so much for coming, Andrew. This is really good.
1: (laughs) Thanks, everyone. Have a good one, Silas. Enjoy the salmon.
0: Oh, we'll do. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thanks everybody for coming to this episode of Savage with Silas. Thanks everybody for coming to today's episode. Next week we will have Nam Sanu, my husband. Oh my goodness! And we will be talking about injury prevention. See you next week, everybody. Bye bye.